step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AFC West Show. We're coming to you live tonight on the second day of September 2015, right before the final games of preseason, and then we're on to the big show. Tonight, I'm joined, as always, by the co-host, Daryl, and if you want to give us a call, feel free to 646-668-8837. Or hit us up on Twitter at AFC West Show or in the chat room. Daryl, what's going on tonight? Hey, it's a it's a great um, late summer evening, and uh, days are getting shorter. The temperature is fine here and around the country. I know people are getting ready for some football and excited. We're here up to week four, and last week we had some interesting games. Um, I don't know where you want to start, but maybe we should just start with the games in just a minute here. But I'm excited that uh, after, I guess it'll be nine days, we'll have our, our eight days, I should say, we'll have our first uh, regular season game. And Labor Day will be in the books, and I guess officially summer is over. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's coming to an end here with a late Labor Day weekend for any of uh those people who have their last hurrah of the summer, enjoy the weekend and make it a good one. But we got some football to talk about uh, before you get to that getaway weekend. Let's start off with the uh, Chiefs and the Titans. We had Kansas City at home against the uh, Tennessee Titans, and Alex Smith was uh, sharp, as a, sharp as a knife with a uh, 34-10 to route in preseason. Throwing for 171 yards, two touchdowns in less than a half, really uh, showed that he is uh, ready for the regular season. Well, that was a big difference from a quarterback in Denver to be discussed later. However, the Kansas City Chiefs look like they are doing well. Tennessee is a team that needs to find out what they have, and I'm sure they were doing it uh, from what I saw, I think what's interesting about this game, besides the AFC West side, which uh, we'll talk about in a few minutes in more detail, is Marcus Mariota and his development. It'll be interesting to see as they go into the season how he performs and you know what the what the preseason translates to because a lot of teams play pretty vanilla defense in the preseason. 
And, of course, Marcus Mariota was highly touted with Jameis Winston. He has some growth to do, as all rookies, but especially since he didn't take snaps under the center in Oregon. I think that'll be an issue in the NFL. But Kansas City looks like they're they're ready to go. They, we can talk more about their depth, their cuts, and things that are going on in Kansas City. What about the Denver and San Francisco game, Darren? Well, you know, Denver uh, traveled uh, – or actually, I'm sorry, Denver played at home. It was their first home game of the preseason. And uh, with that game, you know, the Denver uh, Broncos offensive line uh, did a, a pedestrian job, but uh, more of the errors that were uh, caused were caused by the running backs. But uh, Peyton Manning had a uh, lackluster performance, 14 of 21, 124 yards with one interception. The big uh, point of this game was the Denver defense who really limited Colin Kaepernick when they had their starters in. Uh, he could not complete a pass. They, they had minimal passing in the first half. The, uh, the baseball score was 8-3 to three at the end of the, the half, and, and with that it was 8 uh, to nothing when the Broncos starters left the, the game. However, Peyton Manning was unable to get a touchdown. Uh, Daryl, we can talk a little more about that during the actual time, but what did you think of the uh, of the performance this last weekend? Well, Peyton Manning obviously looked uncomfortable. He didn't do great under center, going back to, to uh, talk about Marcus Mariota. Peyton Manning has not played under center in a long time. He prefers the pistol or shotgun, and – that's a point of emphasis, and so I don't know if Denver puts a pistol in or not. I know what they prefer to do, and that is to run the Gary Kubiak offense that is predicated on two tight ends and a lot of running. I just don't know where Peyton Manning is, and I think that's the big question in Denver. We'll, like you said, we'll talk about that more later on. I want to give high praises to the defense because they got a sack in uh, in the first quarter against, uh, I'm sorry, against uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, it, that turned into a safety. So they were on fire, and that baseball score you talked about wasn't just scoring a two-point conversion. It was because of a field goal, a couple field goals and uh, a safety, which, you know, you get those in preseason, but a safety anytime for the defense is something to be celebrated, and that defense looks really good. There were a couple of long runs given up, but that was after Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware were out of the game. Now, Seattle played against San Diego, and uh, this was a, a tight game. A field goal decided everything. 16-15, to 15, Seattle beat San Diego. Darren, tell us a little bit about that game. Well, you know, the game came down to a 60-yard uh, field goal by Stephen Hauschka. It was kicked with 16 seconds left in the game to give the Seattle backups a win over the San Diego Charger backups. The game was was pretty much uh, very close the remainder of the time. You know, talking about the AFC West, uh, Phillip Rivers was 13 of 19 for 140 yards. Had a, a pretty good performance overall. Along with that, uh, their defense was able to uh, get a sack on on. Uh, on the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson. But uh, the one story has been the running game, and, and still uh, they are not impressing us in the preseason yet. Yeah, I, I know we want to talk about that in a little bit because that is a big question. 
Uh, I'm going to just move on and go over to Oakland versus, uh, I wanted to say Carolina, but it's actually Arizona. And that game came down to the final minutes, and, and it, it appears that uh, Arizona had the backups to beat the backups of Oakland, 30-23. to 23. I think what I found interesting is both Carson Palmer and Derek Carr struggled in, in their uh, game. Uh, Carson Palmer was 8 of 22, and Derek Carr was 18 of 34, but neither had a touchdown, and both had an, an interception. Carson Palmer actually had two interceptions. Their average yards per catch that they threw were pretty pedestrian. The highest was 6.3 by Derek Carr and uh, Carson Palmer 4.7. You'd really like to have your numbers over five. So I think Derek Carr gets the nod on that. But, gosh, I mean, preseason, you'd like to be able to throw a touchdown, as you alluded to earlier. What are your thoughts on this game and what comes out of it? Well, you know, in this game, I think that uh, the Raiders saw why they were happy that they uh, let uh, let Carson Palmer out of Oakland. He just, uh, you know, coming off his injury, he looked terrible. There was uh, not much to say about it. Uh, he could not hit the, the receivers. I watched a good amount of this game, and, uh, you know, it was just ugly. The half-more was a 12-3 to three uh, 20 of their 30 points for the Cardinals were scored in the fourth quarter with the final touchdown coming on the 11-yard uh, run with 31 seconds. I think the, the item of note, you know, Derek Carr, uh, when, when he didn't play for a whole game and threw 34 passes in the time he was in there for 213 yards, that, that tells you a lot. You know, this is a Raider team that's traditionally known for passing but uh, really wants to stake their new uh, identity on a combination of, of the running with uh, with the pass and uh, and along with that Trent Richardson and Latavius Murray who both uh, both were our running backs there uh, were not able to do much and I know that the the uh, Raiders are really counting on Latavius Murray this year uh, so that'll be something to to watch going forward. A side note on this, you know, uh, Amari Cooper, their first round draft pick out of Alabama, he did look solid. Four receptions, 62 yards. He did have a couple passes that uh, he just couldn't get to, wasn't on the same page as Derek Carr. I, I think that'll be something that comes and the season goes on. And we can talk a little bit about the Raiders here uh, in the team updates, but uh, definitely, um, you know, a, a couple of sloppy-looking uh, teams for the first. And I think that what also shows from that game is just the – the uh, depth on the Raiders. They do not have that depth, just like any team that's, uh, that's rebuilding and trying to get back up to, in with the uh, in the hierarchy of the teams with the upper echelon teams. Uh, so when it came down to the the uh, third stringers and, and second stringers, they just really were not able to keep up with the Cardinals as much. Well, let's talk about the realities of the NFL for a minute. Being the being that we live in San Diego, we hear a lot of rumblings around the town, and Charger fans are rightfully concerned. I don't know. Are the Chargers staying or are they going, Darren? What is the what is the feeling? And and obviously, Charger fans are are very much up in arms to think that their beloved team would leave. It's been a long way to get to here. What what have you heard lately? 
Well, you know, I've already purchased my uh, PSL for the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm looking forward to the open-air farmer's market, looking forward to uh, to the incredible atmosphere that will take place at the new stadium in Los Angeles. It's really going to be a destination with the uh, West Coast Hall of Fame, the headquarters of the NFL Network. You know, uh, to me, this is a done deal for the Chargers. They want out. They are, are not even negotiating with the city. Uh, I, I think for the city to even really make anything happen, they would have to give a waterfront stadium, something they're not willing to do, something that isn't on the table. Uh, Mayor Falconer in San Diego is doing what he can, going through good faith measures so that he can say, look, I tried to keep your chargers during my term. They decide to leave. It's on them. Well, it would be uh, I, I well first of all uh, did Kiefer Sutherland give you your uh, your seat tickets or passes to the game did he welcome you personally because I know he's he's uh, the spokesperson there right he is and he will be greeting me he he sold me on the uh, full event and everything I I just want to know how much did that cost you there big folks. Well, you know, this is L.A., so so we're talking at least about uh, fifty thousand to a hundred thousand for my PSL. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting with you, I guess, to watch the L.A. Chargers. I I want to root for the local guy. Uh, I I appreciate the the love of a team, and it would be devastating to see see them go. I don't even want to entertain tonight the idea of the San Diego Raiders. Some people are talking about the Raiders moving in here or maybe even Jacksonville. But, you know, San Diego has had the Chargers for a long time, and I know they weren't originally from here, originally L.A., but it would be a devastating thing to the city and the fans, and I just hope it doesn't get to that. But I'm starting to feel more and more along the lines of you that it probably is going to be a done deal. Money is the driver. So let's put our money on the games coming up and what's going on in the uh, AFC West. Darren, let's start with the Raiders. Well, you know, we talked about the uh, Oakland Raiders and what uh, happened in their, in their game against the, uh, against the Cardinals. You know, uh, with that, I did mention that the running backs um, were were both uh, kind of lackluster with, I believe, 40 yards uh, that, that Trent Richardson did get in all of his carries. But uh, from what I understand, his time in the NFL has come to an end. Yeah, that's a, a terrible story. Third-round draft pick that is no longer with the team. He may get another shot, but it, it it's running short. The hourglass. The sand in the hourglass, it's creeping out. There's not much left. I don't know what the deal is. The guy just hasn't been able to stick with the team. I don't know whether it's his attitude, his effort, or what. But for such a touted running back to be such a bust, it doesn't bode well. And certainly I hope he, whatever he does, whether it's in the NFL or in the future, that he gets things together better than his, so, his NFL career so far. You know that uh, that is very true, and uh, he, he was the first round draft pick, but just never, uh, never really made it. So that's kind of uh, an interesting thing. Uh, you know, what about uh, Theo Moore, who uh, missed most of last season and uh, and uh, also the off season and preseason? 
I guess he played last season, but missed most of the season preseason. Yeah, he had some injury issues, and there was also questions about his maturity. And with the change in the defensive, uh, well, first of all, with Jack Del Rio coming in a new staff, there's a connection there with um, the player, I, and I'm blanking on him. I'm sorry, he came from Seattle uh, and is is has replaced more. It doesn't look like Moore is going to get back in. He may be on the bubble because some people are talking about that. But the alternative is to let him try and play at the strong side and see how he plays. But there's a connection between the coach uh, and and the replacement player from USC. They both were together and were together in Seattle, I believe. So it doesn't look good for Seal uh, Moore getting that starting job back, his best bet probably is to try playing strong side linebacker. You know, an interesting thing going on up in Oakland, uh, they did sign the linebacker Lorenzo Alexander, who was a captain for the Cardinals. We'll see if he comes in to bring depth or if he still has anything in the gas tank. But he he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Redskins and has, has played for uh, several years at a fairly high level. I don't know what's left in his tank. Well, interestingly enough, he plays the same position as C.O. Moore. So, uh, so kind of an interesting thing. You know, Lorenzo uh, Alexander did suffer that Liz Frank injury in 2013. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he, he makes, you know, as you said, he comes over from, from uh, Arizona, and he was one of their first cuts there in, in the, the Arizona uh, camp. So interesting thing to watch. I know that uh, there's a lot going on uh, along with that in the Raiders. I believe that uh, we talked about the wide receivers, and uh, am I hearing right that Kimbrell Tompkins was uh, let go from the Raiders? He was. He was let go, and, and it makes some, some room on that wide receiver core. You know, they got a, a little bit older in the wide receiver core, and I know they're trying to get younger. Amari Cooper had some shots but just couldn't couldn't really make things happen. Uh, the other thing that uh, occurred was that Josh Harper, the wide receiver that played with Derek Carr at Fresno State, uh, was cut as well. And so I think they're really trying to figure out their wide receiver core and kind of um, get younger at that position and, of course, get better as well. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now you know we said that they were ready for the ready for the uh, the opener. They've been coming out strong in preseason. Uh, one area that uh, that uh, is a note is uh, tight end uh, Kelt. He he ended up with a little bit of an injury. Uh, Travis Kelt, I believe, uh, has a slightly sprained ankle. It was reported yesterday. And he uh, did fine in the game, but. Uh, Coming off of that now, they are reporting he has a slightly sprained ankle, and they are counting on him to be a big-time uh, player this season. They really like the uh, the output he had last year coming off of his, his first rookie year with an injury, and so they've been counting on him to become more and more of a standout star for them. It's a, a low ankle sprain, they are saying, and they do uh, expect that he will be ready for their first regular season game. However, knowing that they have two games within a, uh, a four-day period, uh, it is something of a bit of concern for Andy Reid. 
Yeah, and and while we talked about them uh, offensively being ready to go, that's a. I, I want to say that that's a great point on our part. It's not even a humble brag, but I, I think it's important to note that Kansas City, when you look at the NFL, they were the fourth best team in preseason on offense. Uh, so. Uh, even though it wasn't necessarily stellar in in their rankings, they they definitely are performing offensively, and that's and Andy Reid has them ready to go. Maybe it's the vanilla defenses, maybe it's the addition of Jeremy Mackley, Macklin, or who knows. But defensively, they're they're still up in the top ten in preseason, even if they were playing a, a vanilla defense against the teams they played. They're number nine and they're looking pretty good defensively. So when we say they're ready to go, they are. The injuries are going to be a challenge, and it's going to be a challenge when they start to game plan. And, of course, the the AFC West, the conference, um, or division, I should say, is is very tough. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. A couple of things going on in in, uh, Chiefs land. The quarterback Tyler Bray, he was placed on the non-football injury list. He has an ACL injury and is not ready to go, so uh, he will be out. And Jeremy Macklin, Darren, Jeremy Macklin has been playing crazy good ball. What can you tell us about that? You know, he's really had a red-hot preseason coming over from, uh, from Philadelphia, you know. He's caught all seven of his first half targets in his last game, 65 yards and a touchdown. Really uh, able to to uh, take care of the the coverage, find the holes and the gaps, and uh, he just has been extremely creative and a great pickup for the team. So that's something that they're excited about. You know, um, along with that, the team uh, is expected to to have Dontari Poe, who's on the active yet physically unable to perform this. They're expecting to have him uh, early in the season is what they're currently telling us. Uh, now, does that mean that he'll be right away? Well, um, there's a question as to whether or not they will do that or if they will put him on the uh, six-game reserve PUP list. So that's something to keep an eye on. And during the meantime, Jay Howard is expected to fill in for him. Well, he's a big physical presence in that middle, and I know that they want him there, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. What can you tell me from the land of the Bolts? Well, we talked about the stadium, but their running game is struggling. And Melvin Gordon, we talked a little bit about this last week, comes from Wisconsin, and we threw up a, a, a caution, I don't want to say a red flag, but a cautionary flag over Wisconsin running backs and their ability to perform. We listed several, Ron Dane, Monty Ball, and others last week. Melvin Gordon, he's averaging 2.3 yards per carry. It seems like he's either overthinking it or that uh, the game is going too fast, or maybe he's still slightly injured, but he's just not hitting the hole the way they hoped. And it's, you know, it's a work in progress, but, Melvin Gordon is averaging 2.3 yards per carry and really struggling in pass protection there. And that's important because Phillip Rivers needs that pass protection. We saw a few years ago when he had that terrible couple of years and wasn't getting that pass protection or didn't believe he could trust his 
uh, his wide receivers to catch and his running backs to block for him when there was that pressure. Who who is gone in San Diego? Well, you know the uh, the Chargers didn't cut anyone of huge note, but they did uh, make some some roster moves that uh, have some bigger name players that will be missing uh, missing the season. They uh, waved to the injured reserve list uh, wide receiver Torrance Allen, cornerback Chris Davis, uh, Stacey Gordon Hill, and also the offensive guard uh, Melvin Miggs. All are expected to clear waivers and make it back to the uh, injured reserve. Uh, most notably, though, is Chris Davis, who is a cornerback, uh, played in all 14 of their 16 games last season, and uh, in 2014 was one of their uh, bigger kick returners. Uh, with I, I believe it was around 400 uh, yards uh, returning on kicks, so um, kind of someone that they will probably uh, miss a little bit. But uh, along with that, you know, one area of the the Chargers that a lot of people uh, have been talking about, and I know preseason is meaningless uh, when it comes to the stats, but uh, the the team is uh, sixth overall in the NFL right now with preseason sacks. You got Melvin Ingram, Kyle Emanuel, and uh, Nick Zunbar. Um, both, all of them, lead the team with two sacks apiece. And uh, you know, they uh, they have really been uh, holding the uh, the offenses to only about 150 passing yards. So that's something that uh, is an area they want to improve on, and they're trying to make the quarterback uncomfortable. Well, I think they're doing that to a certain degree. They're fourth in the NFL in, in uh, preseason defense, and they're lagging a little bit more in their offense, but they are still 11th in total offense in the NFL and their proficiency. So yeah, that's preseason, of course. It's not the regular season stats. I think they would like to have the offensive side be cooking a little hotter right now, and, and certainly they'd like Melvin – Gordon to be playing at a little better level than what he is. There's a lot of hope for Danny Woodhead being back and, and his ability to just make those plays that Danny Woodhead can do. But you're right. The defense has looked better and maybe it's Mike Nolan coming in and helping that linebacking core. That's really making the difference. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, about the uh, other three teams. Now let's talk about the final team in the AFC West here in the final four minutes. We've got the Denver Broncos. And, uh, you know, we talked earlier, what is wrong with Peyton Manning in the passing game? He's not comfortable under center or, or if, even if he is, he's not making the same decisions or having the same efficiency as he has in other formations, specifically shotgun or the pistol. And the idea was over the offseason he transitioned and be able to take care of that. It really hasn't happened. The, the better of the two quarterbacks from that position is actually Brock Osweiler, and it would be interesting to see him play. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. That's not in question at all. But Peyton is struggling, and so Denver's got to make a decision. And my personal thought would be I, I think you you want to go with the coach's philosophy and that, that philosophy is the run and the two tight end sets. And that's why John Elway brought him in. He believes in that and letting his career work for him. But Peyton Manning has a strong will and it's going to be an interesting ride. It doesn't mean Denver can't win, but it is going to be bumpy. 
Well, you know, I guess that uh, does beg the question then, uh, should the Broncos go ahead and adjust to a pistol? A lot of people seem to think that they will. You know, the biggest issue, I think, is that uh, Peyton Manning is missing the opportunity to really see the full defense. He's only able to get a look uh, before, and then as he has to turn his back when he pulls out from under center, he's losing track of where that is and really hurting his overall throwing game. So one of those remedies would be the pistol that would probably slow down their running attack a bit. The running attacks are looking great in the off uh, in the preseason. It uh, brings us to the point of uh, their running backs, Hillman and uh, C.J. Anderson are both and really have been strong, along with Juwan Thompson. In this last game, Monte Ball didn't even get any playing time until late in the fourth quarter and is on the roster bubble, being he doesn't play any special teams. Yeah, you know, just to put this in perspective, as, as troubling as it is for Denver fans with Peyton not throwing a touchdown and looking rather pedestrian, Denver's offense overall in the preseason is number one. And interestingly enough, their defense overall is number one. And both of those are by a long, long shot. It's not even close. Now, that doesn't mean it's the regular season anoint them headed to the playoffs and Super Bowl. <clears throat> but keep it in perspective, there are struggles, but they're still converting because they have complementary parts. And I think it'll get worked out, but it may be rough along the way. Um you know, the Denver Broncos brought in the offensive line Evan Mathis last week, and Phil Taylor was let go from Cleveland. They may take a look at him as a nose tackle, another big presence in the middle uh, to help spell Sylvester Williams. Uh, are there any other roster moves that you've heard of kind of waving in the breeze in Bronco land? You know, uh, interestingly enough, on Hard Knocks on HBO last night, I don't know if you caught it or not, but uh... – they were replaying the trade talks between Rick Smith and John Elway, and John Elway did say that they uh, were looking at trying to get rid of a linebacker. So that's something uh, of note. And I guess the other question is, who is Phil Taylor? Well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see uh, whether he's injured or not. But when we come back from the break, we'll wrap this up. We'll look at the games upcoming uh, week four. And uh, thank you for listening so far. Join us in the after segment. Follow us on AFC West Show, at AFC West Show, and on AFCWestShow.com during the week for content. We'll be back. <laughs> After hours, I am still here with Daryl, and we are talking AFC West football, Denver Broncos to be specific. Daryl, before the break, I ask you, who is Phil Taylor, and what rumors do we have? Well, Phil Taylor is a nose tackle from Cleveland, and he was drafted in the 2011 draft. He's been often injured, but has made his presence known. He's a big, stout defensive tackle, and. Uh, He's missed 20 out of 64 games. Had a couple knee injuries and stuff. He was cut by the Browns. His connection to Denver, besides the fact that Sylvester Williams doesn't have a 
solid backup or somebody to spell him or, or swap positions with um, is that Tom Heckert, who is now working for Denver, helped make the uh, make the uh, draft of him. That is a very good point, and uh, I'm sure there are a few teams that are looking at him, Denver being one of them that uh, that could make a move. So definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, interestingly enough, the rumor mill uh, has it that uh, one of the linebackers that could be ripe for the trading would be a Danny Trevathan. Uh, often injured here in the past season uh, and a half, but uh, with that, he's coming into the last year of his contract with the uh, Broncos, and Denver has been uh, known to unload uh, players that are on their last year of the contract, much as they did with Chris Clark. So something interesting to look at, and just hearing that conversation where Smith asked John Elway if they'd be interested in an inside linebacker rather than trading away a draft choice, and uh, John Elway said, no, we actually have a couple that we're trying to get rid of. We're really deep at that level. Yeah, and I don't think he said get rid of. I think it would uh, work a deal for because they do have a lot. They had to stockpile them. They didn't know if Brandon Marshall nor Danny Trevathan would come back from their injuries. Uh, man, there's so much upside for Danny Trevathan, but he has been injured a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and who people need. Uh, I don't have any scuttlebutt on that other than to uh, say that, hey, I heard the same thing you heard. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, we got some games coming up here on Thursday that some people say are meaningless. And for most of the teams and in the big picture, they are pretty meaningless. But for, you know, 12, 13 guys, they are very important. So I'm going to start off Kansas City at St. Louis. Is there anything you're looking for from this you know, I'm really going to uh, keep an eye on what happens with the uh, with the Kansas City uh, running game. Uh, we know Jamal Charles won't be playing. Niall Davis is expected to get some carries. It'll be interesting to see how he does as the uh, main back, whether he continues the dominance that he had last season or whether he, uh, you know, whether he tails off. So that's something I'm going to be uh, watching. Uh, for the most part, that is my biggest area. But uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see also whether this uh, Kansas City team continues their hot streak that uh, they've been on. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And when we look at, at uh, Arizona at Denver, you know that Peyton will be playing. You're going to see a large dose of Brock Osweiler. Is there anything from Brock that you're looking for? Well, you know, uh, from what I understand, the Broncos really want to see, and uh, according to Gary Kubiak, he has, has stated he wants to see if Brock Osweiler is able to uh, lead the team, inspire the team, motivate the team. So, so can he take uh, these, these second and third string players and make them better players? I think that's number one that I'll be watching. Number two is going to be uh, to, to keep an eye on Cody Latimer and Jordan Norwood. We didn't get a chance to talk about them. Uh, an interesting, uh, uh, interesting uh, development has come up because currently Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas are the number one wide receivers. Well, they are the three sets, though. Traditionally, they've gone with Cody Latimer on the outside, moving Emmanuel Sanders into the slot. However, with Sanders injured, uh, you know they moved Norwood in there. His pass game 
really shined in the slot, which would give the opportunity for Emmanuel Sanders to move back out. Uh, Cody Latimer, who is in his second season, didn't do much last season, and uh, he has been lackluster in this. So I want to really want to watch that and also watch the uh, the battle between Capri Bibbs and Monte Ball for that final running back position. Well, you brought up Monte Ball, and I was going to comment on that. Uh, he's going to get a, a boatload of carries, and I do think this is a make-or-break time. I'm not saying he's going to be cut, but potentially he is on the bubble. This is a guy that just hasn't looked good, and he's been given so many chances here. doesn't mean he can't catch on with another team. too great. I'm not sure what the issue is, but it'll be interesting to see if he can shut I remember uh, Noshaw Moreno having a similar fate a couple years ago, and he shined and solidified his position on the team. So uh, the defense looks like it's ready to go. The first-string offense needs some, some polishing, but I've been impressed with Brock Osweiler and when Ronnie Hillman has been playing in that uh, running back role in the second-string second team, he's looked pretty darn good. So I think we'll see some interesting positional battles kind of solidify, but that's about all. Let's move on to San Diego and San Francisco. You know, yeah, this will be an interesting game to see how this uh, defense is able to uh, slow down Colin Kaepernick and if they are. See if they are for real, if they have the depth, that's one area they've been lacking the past couple of seasons. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how San Diego's defense performs against, uh, uh, you know, mostly won't have Colin Kaepernick, but the remainder of the uh, San Francisco offense. I was going to say, I was wondering if Kaepernick would even be in there. I, I think I want to see if they have any, any pass rushers in that second string that can keep the pressure up because, that's one thing they need, and their defense has been playing better. I also think it'll be interesting to look at some of those linebackers that have been challenging um, uh, Manti Teo and uh, Donald Butler. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys step up and play when they when they bring it as a starter. Finally, Daryl, what about Oakland at Seattle? What will you be watching for? Wow, that you know. <laughs> That one's a tough one because you have a new coach and you have a team that is not quite as deep as some of the other teams. They're making strides, but it's going to take time. So I think what I'd be looking for is does does Oakland have uh, depth at the, at the wide receiver position that can actually come in and play? And following that, the other question I have is, what about some of those positional battles on the defense? Where will people where will people fit in? Who's going to shake out? But again, I, I do think that the starters are fairly it's like a lot of teams. They're fairly penciled in, but it's a little more clear cut there because there's not the depth to challenge. You don't have that unexpected challenge. You know, I, I think that's very true on that, and I'm kind of going to be interested to watch and just see. Um, you know, whether they play Amari Cooper, and if so, uh, how he does against these second and third uh, string players, whether he is really going to step up and be uh, just a dominant force, someone that could challenge Michael Crabtree or Rod Street or the current uh, suspected starter. So that's something that uh, will be interesting. Also, now that, uh, that Trent Richardson's gone, uh, we know that Roy Halou will be the third down back, so he might get some more time. It'll be interesting to see how he does 
Uh, we know that Latavius Murray got injured last season, so I want to see how the uh, backup plan looks as well. Those are a couple of the items I'm looking for. I'm also looking forward to a great holiday weekend. And I know that so we got a little football here, and then next thing we know, uh, in just uh, over seven days, eight days to be exact, we will have NFL football. You know, I want to jump back in for just a minute and, uh, and talk about the Raiders real quickly. I know we got to go, but Christian Ponder is there, so it'll be interesting to see how he fares versus Matt McGoin. I knew there was a little bit of a, uh, a quarterback challenge. And then, again, with Roy Hallou and Michael Dyer there, the, the, you got uh, Taewon Jones, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out. So there are some positional battles that might be fun to watch. That being said, it is game four, and unless you're a real fan of the team, it's tough to watch any of these games seriously. You know, that is very true, except for the uh, families and friends of these uh, of these 22 players that will be heading out after this week. Saturday is a, a big day, and uh, it's going to be a black Sabbath for a lot of uh, players who get their walking papers and are uh, asked to bring their playbooks with them to the coach's office. It's true. Darren, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody, and I hope you all have a great Labor Day weekend. Darren, I'll let you sign us off. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Follow us at AFC West Show or on Facebook, AFCWestShow.com. We look forward to talking to you next time. For all the players that are uh, on their way out, here's to you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.